Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in to Raleigh Little Theater's podcast in support of our production of The Revolutionist by Lauren Gunderson. My name is Patrick Torres. I'm the artistic director here at Raleigh Little Theater, and I'm really glad that you're taking the time to listen today. So when I first read The Revolutionist last year, I loved it. I was laughing out loud as I was reading it, and I thought it was really relevant and would make a good addition to our season. But um, as I do often, I wanted some other opinions. So I submitted it to our reading committee, and the reading committee uh, really had a great time reading it, and we really had a really good discussion when we sat down together to talk about the plays that they had read. And uh, we determined that we thought it'd be a great show uh, to include in the season. And so here we are. We're getting ready to open it next week. So um, on today's podcast, I talked to Sarah Thompson, who is the production's dramaturg, and Amy White, who's directing the production for us. And we talk a little bit about uh, the play and, and what you can expect from the play, but also what we hope that the play will mean to our community. So uh, thank you for listening. If you don't have your tickets, get them soon. The production runs from September 28th through October 14th, and we look forward to seeing you at the theater. And uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Uh, so here is my conversation with Sarah and Amy. So I'm here with Amy White, who's a director of uh, The Revolutionist, which is the next show in our season, and also Sarah Thompson, who is uh, the dramaturg for the show. Now, I want to start with you, Amy. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, about the show and uh, what was appealing to you about it when I uh, presented it to you um, as a potential director? Sure. Um, so the show centers around four women who were key in the French Revolution. Um, and although historically they never met, for our purposes, they're all thrown into one room together. Um, and they're contending with what is a woman's place in revolution. I think the thing that's really neat about this show in particular is, um, yeah, it's definitely very heady material. It's really deep. Um, and it's set in a time that uh, the language uh, is pretty unfamiliar from the way we speak now. It's written very contemporarily. So the women all speak in common uh, 21st century vernacular, you know, they say things suck and are stupid and, you know, they're, they're very modern women um, that we can relate to and they're very, very funny. And I think that's also why I like the show, too. Um, when I first read the script, I was so excited to be uh, working on something that is so relevant to today, but through a historical lens, right? Um, the issues that these women were dealing with 300 years ago is still something that we're talking about a lot now. So um, I think it's so important that we're, it's still on the table and that I get to revisit this conversation in a time uh, when it's so important to be talking about these issues. That's great. Thank you, Amy. And I want to introduce Sarah. So Sarah, um, for folks who are listening to our podcast who don't know, because it's it's not often that we have dramaturgs right. on our uh, programming here at RLT. So can you talk to us a little bit about uh, uh, the role of the dramaturg before we get into uh, your uh, view of the play? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's it's a it's a phrase that even lots of theater folks, a term that even lots of theater folks aren't super familiar with. Um, so essentially, a dramaturg. I like to think of it, think of myself as the dramaturg in the role of the audience advocate. 
So, and that means a lot of things to me. Um, ideally, a dramaturg would be involved with any sort of cutting of a script or adaptation of a script. Um, I tend to be brought in for, you know, Shakespeare things, things like that, that are a little more foreign um, to us today. Um, to some extent, being a researcher, as far as being familiar with the history um, of when a play was written, but also with the history of the period that the play is set in. So, for example, revolutionists. Um, I've done a little bit of reading up on the French Revolution. Um, so then you sort of go away for a little bit, and then you come back periodically to watch runs during rehearsal and things like that, that are... Um, and you're, you're watching it as the audience eye. You're watching it to go, okay, yes, this is clear to me as a person who has not been in the rehearsal room for the past, you know, however many weeks. Um, and then later on, you might do things like write a dramaturg's note. Um, I'm the resident dramaturg at Justice Theatre Project, I, and so I do a lot of their audience engagement events, like book discussions um, and things like that. So that's a general overview of, of dramaturgy. It's been a little bit different for this show, but if somebody says it, that's kind of what you should picture. <laughs> <laughs> that's really helpful, actually. Thank you for talking about that. Um, so when you look at this play kind of as through the lens of like a researcher and dramaturg, I'm just curious kind of what do you feel like uh, is the play's function? What is its purpose? Why, you know, Amy's talking about having these women speak in a very contemporary manner with uh, um, kind of really contemporary colloquialisms and vernacular. Um and the playwright is a modern woman. So what, what do you think she's up to? Why do you think uh, she's choosing uh, to, to, to do that in this play? Um, well, I think it's a fun play, first of all. I think that, that part of her goal is to have fun and to show us that these women were real, normal people um, for their particular period, at least. Um, so I think that part of the part of the beauty of this play um, is that we do get to relate to these characters that maybe we've read about or heard about, um, but we, we've never actually seen them or been able to interact with them. So I think that, that part of what's happening um, with Gunderson, the, the playwright, is that she's letting us relate to these women in a way that we never have before. There's also lots of talk about um, whose turn is it for revolution and I think that um, Gunderson is focusing a lot on that in our present moment I think the play was written in 2015 um, so I think that she is looking at the way the lessons we can learn from our history um, and and showing us to some extent how f a how far we've come but also how far we still have to go in order to you know, achieve a world that these women in this play are thinking is is happening for them. Um, and obviously, when we look back historically, we realize that it, it wasn't yet. But still examining that hope and that that struggle that 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 women continue to face. Thank you for that. And I, you know, I think that brings up a really interesting thing that when I was like searching for stuff to put on the season and, and, and just really uh, kind of reading a ton of scripts, this one stuck out to me. Um, I think for a lot of the reasons that you're talking about Sarah and, and um, I, I wanted Amy to, to take on this project because Amy's done a lot of work um, kind of in her academic life. She's also teaches at Peace University and um, just about like asking the question of um, is theater political 
if so, how is it political? What's the function of, of theater as politics and stuff like that? And so I thought this was a great show because for me, like, you don't really hear the stories of women in any revolution. I mean, there are big names like Joan of Arc. I do think we think of Marie Antoinette, but, you know, one of the things I've learned in, like, reading the play, watching the play, and, and doing my own research is just, like, well, we don't really know that whole story uh, there. And so, um, you know, it's just, for me, like, even having a play titled The Revolutionist and it be um, a cast of four women is a pretty radical political thing to do. And so, Amy, I'm curious from you, in all that work you have done in your academic career about theater and politics, um, how does how is this play political, um, or is it? <laughs> and uh, what what do you think the function of of that is if if you think it is political? Yeah, um, well, yeah, it's definitely political, um, <laughs> no no doubt about it. Um, and I think it's examining. Um, a lot of components right now that women are dealing with. Um, I think part of it comes across in in actual politics and government, right? Um, we are seeing a, a new resurgence of women running for governmental office right now. I think it's the highest that the nation has ever seen. Um, and I think there's a real reason for that. Um, so Gunderson talks a little bit about um, women having a voice in government and being a part of the political change that they want to see. Um, so I think it's on that front, it's very relevant. I think it also talks a lot about just the autonomy of women and women being seen as humans, not objects, um, which really goes along right now with what we're seeing with the Me Too movement, right? Um, the there's a lot of discussion about how they are treated um, as a subhuman. Um, so I think that's that's also really interesting. And one of the characters in the play is a black female, and she addresses it from the point of view as a Caribbean person, as a person whose um, friends and family are dealing with slavery because of French colonization. Um, so, again, we're seeing um, not just a feminist issue or a woman's issue, but also an issue of race and color. And it's the same stuff that we're talking about here in America 300 years later. Um, the ability for all of us to be equal across the board. Um, a lot of my research that I've done um, in my academic life has been about um, this theory that my coworker Beth Cusco and I have come up with called um, inundation paralysis. So um, analysis paralysis is a pretty common phrase, right? There's so many things going on that uh, you don't know which action to choose, so you don't choose any action at all. But right now we're living in a time where information is so overwhelming that by the time you do take an action, um, or a cause that you want to fight for, it's already passed. There's too much stuff being thrown at us, and by the time that an artist is able to get out a, a first draft of anything, society has already forgotten that movement. Um, but I think one of the, the movements that has stuck and continues to come back to us is uh, rights of women. Um, this, to me, for the theater nerds that are listening to this, is um, our version of Top Girls. 
um, which is Kara Churchill's um, perhaps most famous play written in the early 80s about women in the workforce and their ability to be seen as as active contributing members to that faction of society um, and not be considered less than for choosing career over family. Um, and I think I think this is our our resurgence of that idea again um, of, of how do we be a part of this and how do we be taken seriously um, as contributive important members of society. So yeah, it's it's highly political, and I think super important to be talking about right now. Yeah. Um... You know, it's it's interesting though, because I I, I I hear you and and I agree with you. Um, but you know, even in the play, the women in the play, uh, question whether theater has any power at all <laughs> to to make a political <laughs> statement or to start a revolution or whatever. And I'm I'm curious, kind of from both of you, what you think. Like, what is the power of theater? Does it have any power uh, to make an impact? And and if it does, why? How? How does it do that? Well, <laughs> um, I'll start with it. I mean, this is this is a that's a question that I have asked myself. I mean, I, I just I just finished a Ph.D. in theater. So I've spent a lot of time going, why am I doing this? Um, what is the point of any of this? Have I made a horrible mistake? So. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah. And that's a question that depending on the day and how I feel, I might answer differently. Um I do firmly believe in the power of theater to transform people, to affect people, to um, lead people to have an experience of other human beings that they might not otherwise have. But we got to get those people in the theater first. You know, um, I do wonder a little bit. The thing that gets me down sometimes is when I think about who who are the people that we're already bringing into the theater and are we just yelling into the wind, preaching to the choir, um, as far as, you know, oh, women are people. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, I, are, are the people we're already bringing into the audience folks who already believe that? Um, in which case, who are we doing this for? So, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a question that I have um, as, a, as a theater practitioner and as, as a scholar. But obviously there's something that still keeps me doing this. You know, clearly I think something's there, or at least I hope something's there. I'm really curious to hear what Amy has to say about it. Yeah, Amy, you want to jump in on that? <laughs> sure. Um, you know, I think I, I have to agree that it does feel a little bit like preaching to the choir sometimes. Um, but I think uh, it, at least, even, even if that is the case, um, it makes the topic that is really challenging and really complex and I think fraught with a lot of tension for a lot of people, I think it makes it a little bit more palatable when we, when we get more humane stories. And this play, the, the author says right away, and we are definitely going for it, um, is a comedy. Even though, you know, <laughs> there's beheadings and... You know, there's a lot of problems that these women are dealing with. It's still really, really funny um, and really heartwarming. I keep telling my cast it's a love story. Um, it's a, a friendship. You know, it's a bond between women, but it's a story of finding love and comfort and sisterhood. Um, so I think 
Um, yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, I, I have to agree that I'm, I, I'm worried that it doesn't reach the ears of who I might want it to reach. Um, it does spark conversation in a way that uh, is, is much more palatable to mainstream audiences and it's not as heavy and as dark and I think we can all appreciate that if nothing else right <laughs> yeah you know and, and and I of course tend to agree with both of you because I'm also in the theater world <laughs> and so it's kind of a strange question for me to ask I mean you know I spent so much of my life in like uh, working in like juvenile detention centers and mm-hmm. believing that theater has the power to like help people kind of you know live a different life if they want to so i'm with you all and i think the thing about the preaching to the choir with this show is i feel like um even something that's interesting that happens in the show is there there are four women here who are all uh kind of tied to this common purpose but they're all very different and so even i think when we have audiences uh for particularly for this show who come in to see it, who may be people who already believe, yes, women are equal and free and, 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 you know, um, who probably call themselves feminists. There's still a message of solidarity and, and how, uh, even in, even in, if we're all like, even if we lean in one direction, we can all learn from and benefit each other. And I think the other, and, and especially like with what you were talking about, Amy, about how, Right now, where there's record number of women running for public office, um, while this play could be a little bit scary <laughs> to, to think about what does it cost to step into a revolution, it also is really inspiring to say, like, these women band together. They come together and they support each other, which is just a really pretty part of the story, I believe. But so here's a, a maybe a, a trickier question. Um so we will probably have, um, most likely, in our audience, a lot of men who come see the show who probably do feel like uh, they're on board uh, with the, the kind of feminist message. But what should men, what do you think men will take away? What do you think, what do you think is in this play uh, that men need to pay attention to? <laughs> Sarah's pointing at Amy since you, since you all can't see that on the podcast. <laughs> so you said a lot, Amy. Can you? Yeah, I don't know. Can you try to pin some of that down a little bit? Um, I think uh, a, a lot can be taken for allyship here. Um, um, you know, it's it's one thing to say you're in in support of feminist causes and supporting women in leadership roles. Um, but it's another thing to, to put your money where your mouth is. Right. Um, you know, kind of going back to the previous question of can theater make change? Um, this might be a little bit subversive to say, but I think about, um, the AIDS crisis in the eighties and nineties and the plays that came from that and were taken to Broadway audiences. And obviously, um, Broadway tickets are very, very expensive. Um, but it put plays in front of people who had money, right? Um, because Broadway tickets are expensive. And those people are the people that are also able to contribute financially to campaigns. Um, and I think that could be part of it. Um, you know, if, if you are so moved by this story to um, support women in political office or feminist causes, then 
literally, I think, put your money where your mouth is. And if you are able to do that, because, you know, this is community theater, and, um, you might not have Broadway ticket amounts of money in your pocket, um, then volunteer your time, volunteer your resources, um, help your friends who are um, struggling with some of the issues that are discussed in this show. And um, I think do your best to be an ally and listen to women when they speak. Um, hopefully being in the audience uh, is a good first step towards that because it's a lot of women talking about uh, what's important to them. Oh, thank you, Amy. Yeah, it's a that's a, a really inspiring answer. And I, I do feel like as, you know, uh, a male who was watching the show, um, uh, that there's just a lot to glean. There's a lot to glean about uh, the way people communicate, um, the way that people have the capacity to care about each other and to stand for each other in these really difficult times, um, you know, particularly women. And, and I did find myself, you know, just really thinking about, uh, you know, because it is, of course, kind of addressed in the play, but just thinking about how, it is patriarchal systems that are writing history. And I think what the playwright Lauren Gunderson is up to and like creating these characters that are historical, but so um, accessible to modern ears and modern audience really just drives home. Like the fact that so much history has been skewed through a very specific lens. <laughs> and uh, that was something that as I saw, um, a run through of the play this week that has um, just has really uh, impacted me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think um, when, when we're, I love the idea of, of men thinking about their own allyship, and I, I think that this is a great opportunity for men to, um, to think about the stories that they've heard, and maybe the stories that they haven't heard, um, and and to kind of go from there again, Amy, you mentioned listening to women when they tell you things. Um, I think taking a moment to think about what it's like to be a woman, to, to worry about what you look like and to worry, you know, in both directions. <laughs> am I, am I too prudish? Am I not prudish enough? Um, to worry about physical safety in a different way and things like that. I think that those are important thoughts that can maybe come out, of seeing this production for, for men who, again, they're, they already consider themselves allies, but I think any of us who try to work to be allies to anyone from a marginalized community, it's always a great opportunity to, to stop and think more deeply about that allyship. Thank you, Sarah. Um, so, uh, y'all, uh, thank you for doing this podcast with me. It's been great talking with both of you. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. So uh, let's have some uh, just final words, final thoughts. Um, uh, what, what do you want people to take away from the show? What do you hope they experience when they come? Um, I, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it's inevitable that uh, if you see the show, you'll leave considering um, the stories of women and the role that we play in history and hopefully we'll play in the future. Um, I certainly hope that um, folks are inspired to support um, women in leadership roles. And uh, I also just really hope that people have a, like a great time. It really is a really funny show. I feel like 
when I talk about it, I get on these kind of feministine rants of, of equality, um, and it can get a little bit dark. Um, but the show is also really funny, and we've had a really good time working on it together. I mean, it's almost a whole room full of women every night, and there's been just, like, so much laughter and so much fun in the rehearsal room. I really enjoy getting together with these women every night to work. And I hope that comes across to you. I hope that the audience just has a good time and laughs a lot on top of being committed to social change and justice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from, from the perspective of somebody who stepped in last weekend to watch a run of the show, um, I think that that fun, I think that that um, appreciation that the actors have for each other really comes across. Um, I, I laughed repeatedly and hysterically. I think this this play is so beautiful because it gives us that message but within you know the amid all of this laughter that that you do have it's so cleverly written and like I said you the actors in this show are just so good they have some beautiful moments and they're great comedians and it it just I'm really excited to see the final product yeah I, I guess having seen you know the run um this weekend uh and and then watching also the creative team like the costumes and the set and just everything coming together i'm i'm super proud to be presenting this show at raleigh little theater and i, I it is an excellent excellent cast um and, and just the whole creative team has been fantastic to work with and i i think it's going to be one of those shows where you're gonna um you're gonna hear about it in the community and really wish that you had seen it if you don't so i encourage everybody to grab a ticket and and really get out here to support um, to support a show that that it really is, I believe, remarkable. And I'm excited to um, to to share it with the public. So thank you both again, and uh, we'll be seeing you soon in the rehearsal room. So thank you again, everybody, for listening. As a reminder, the production opens next Friday, September 28th, and runs through October 14th. You can call the box office to get your tickets, or visit our website at RaleighLittleTheater.org. Thank you, and see you at the theater.